Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. everyone and welcome back to Spirit School. What I wanted to share today as part of the podcast episode is I often feel like though I love the podcast and I do offer as much as I humanly can through this podcast as far as knowledge goes and experiences that I've had in hopes that you will feel normal on your spiritual development journey and your mediumship development journey. But I often feel that my best work is over on Instagram in my IGTVs, in my programs, in my one-on-one mentorship calls. There's just something about being in the energy with other people and teaching people live that just brings out like the most wisdom, the most confidence, the most inspiration through me. It's edited because I want to be sure to honor everybody's privacy, but I hope you enjoy this conversation today. What has been interesting for these two weeks off, because when I'm running my spiritual practice, I'm really in my masculine because I'm creating things like my programs. I'm like launching things. I'm like very kind of driven, but I'm also like doing transactions, like constantly getting back to people, supporting people, serving people, like all that is very masculine. And so what I've tried to do with these two weeks off was kind of tap more into my feminine. And it was very confusing because even in the community, when I was talking about this, they're like, well, what are feminine activities? I was like, you know, and I see this in every community where we talk about feminine and masculine. I was like, everyone gets really stuck on like, well, what is it in the feminine? And it's like hard to actually kind of come up with a list. So I've been really trying to focus on things on these two weeks off to be more in my feminine. And that has been midday baths. It's been like movement, flowing, being by water, like the bath, uh, making candles, like really feeling emotions, which is very rare for me. I usually am not one to like feel all the feels. I'm very boundaryed with my feelings because of the work I do mediumistically. I'm with people who are in grief and they cry and they have like broken hearts. And I'm always feeling like I need to be kind of like the pillar of support for people. And so I've actually kind of learned to not feel everything emotionally so that I could be the best in my work. And so I've been trying to find balances with that. And so I've been like spending time just like feeling my emotions, processing emotions. I shared a lot last week with you guys how my first husband left me because I was fat. I realized that a lot of what I was holding back and repressing as far as like feeling things was actually from that experience where it was like being judged, not feeling safe, like feeling like if I am my true self, somebody will leave. And so it's been a real cool two weeks off. So it's been a lot of processing and hundreds of you, like over 400 of you resonated with that post where I shared that very vulnerable story about how my first husband left me. And, you know, it was a long time ago. So, of course, I've moved on. I have a beautiful life, beautiful marriage. But those kind of things do stick with you energetically. And I realized how much it was sticking with me energetically. So did a big release with that through sharing that experience and how it kind of showed up in different areas of my life. Luckily, not my relationship. 
but my relationship with myself. So I've been really working on processing a lot of emotions and like being my feminine in that way. And so, yeah, it's been really kind of eye-opening and I feel like moving forward in my practice. I mean, I'm booked till September, but I'm actually going to try to create some boundaries in my practice. So I actually have more time to play and I have more time to feel and I have more time to like express different areas of my interests and things that I love doing. So yeah, it's been a really eye-opening two weeks and I've had time off before, but I don't think I actually took time off. Like, because as an entrepreneur, you always have DMs. I have Voxer set up for all my VIP clients, my buddy and show up for people. And that's very masculine, right? That's very like service, 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 give, give, give. So I am really trying to find space to kind of give back to myself. Right. And I don't think that self-care is always massages and facials. So I do love those. And I get those very often as well. Really just kind of showing up for myself in the way that I show up for other people. So that has been one of my biggest takeaways during these two weeks off. And I'm very excited to incorporate some of these boundaries. And, you know, I think I'll actually be able to show up for people better, like my community, my metamorphosis clients, my reading clients, because I'll know what's what. Like if I literally only work between school hours, which was the big dream, when I left corporate last year, nine to three, I could probably show up a lot better and be more present for my people than trying to, you know, at 10 PM after the kids go to bed and I made lunches and I've meditated, getting back to the person I didn't get back to. Yeah. So I've been kind of playing with that. And so my big intention for today, I wrote down my intention is to create a boundary plan moving forward so that I can serve better, but also be more present with myself as well so that I'm not storing up and holding all this stuff that then kind of reflects and is mirrored in my life in all these different areas. So I'm not sure if you're picking up what I'm putting down, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to share my epiphanies um, through these two weeks of really being off. It's hard because, you know, I mentioned this on my podcast and I've had so many DMs about it where I said parenting and mothering is actually in your masculine. And I was shocked. I was thinking that parenting was actually very feminine, but no, it's service. It's giving, 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 which is very masculine. So my kids are four and seven, so they're still very young. I'm very nervous for them to be older. I was thinking about that last night laying in bed. I was like, even when they're like 10, 13, like they're going to be all over me. And like right now I can give them an iPad and again, our piece, but I don't know what it's going to be like when they're a little bit older. Um, so I'm a bit nervous and teenager, if they're anything like me, I'm so scared. Like I'm so scared for my karma guys. <laughs> We had kids later in life. I was 31. My husband was 42 when we had our first. And so he's almost 50. I'm almost 40. Like, we're not young parents either, right? Like, I'm really nervous. I won't lie. Are you not drinking forever? Just curious. No, I'm never going to be the person who says never anything. But I will say for me, it was a lifestyle choice because when I hit my burnout, I realized that I was having like a couple glasses of wine at night to numb out. And again, I think problem with alcohol is not necessarily what you consume, it's why you consume it. And so the fact that I was aware enough to realize I was consuming alcohol to numb out is a problem. And so, you know, I'm going camping with my girlfriends, I'll probably be having a few drinks with them, right? So I'm not going to say no forever, and I'm not against drinking. But when you are drinking for a reason like avoiding life, like numbing out, or like I say, transitioning from one thing to the next, that could be not healthy, right? And so I felt like I wasn't processing things and I wasn't giving myself the space to process things, which is why I wanted to be super clear, super clean, and just literally feel all the feels for a little while. And it's really benefited me. Even in my mediumship, I did a reading yesterday 
just a practice one in front of my mentor. And it was like, it was awesome. Like it was just neutral, just being super present, no pressure. And I wasn't feeling like that last month, right? Readings are really hard. I don't think people understand. I don't know if like TV and some of our most famous mediums are really kind of like making you feel like, oh, it's easy, but it's not easy. The pressure that you feel from a sitter and like the expectations that are just there because of the work that we do. If you're not good at dealing with that kind of pressure, I really needed that space and time to kind of clear my head, like reset my mindset, which I'm always telling my students about. Like a lot of this work is mindset based. And so I really needed that space and clarity. So will I drink again? Probably, but hopefully not as a way to cope or numb myself, right? I am feeling stuck today. What can I do to get motivated? Allow yourself to do nothing, honestly. Um, if you are feeling stuck, maybe your spirit is asking you to slow down. Maybe your spirit is just saying rest and not put any pressure on yourself to get anything done. Again, this is what I've had to learn in my feminine is just sitting and being is okay, right? It's like kind of like this patriarchal energy that we're in that says that we have to be doing all the time and achieving all the time. And maybe the stuckness you're feeling is actually your spirit asking you to rest. So go have a bath, open a book, have a hot tea, and just be, just be with it for a bit. That's my advice. But if you're looking like you have to get things done, just start with whatever brings you joy first. Whatever like you look forward to doing first. And if there's truly nothing that you're looking forward to doing today, your life has to change. <laughs> One more thing I'll say before I go. Don't expect you to feel clear right away, especially I smoked for 17 years. I've quit for May 15th will be 10 years. I quit smoking and I smoked for 17 years and I used to work for team players. So I had free smokes for years. Don't be surprised if it does take some time to feel the full benefits from being clear. It's almost like this detoxing that kind of happens. Those are not easy things to quit. I will tell people quitting smoking was harder than childbirth for me. It was couldn't talk to me, but I was like a very committed smoker. Like even if we were, I worked for race teams always. And if we were on our way to the airport, I would have like five smokes. And if we were between flights, I would actually leave the airport to go have a smoke and come through security again. I was like such a horrible smoker. So I'm glad I quit. It's been almost 10 years. I just love that like 3 p.m. coffee. I'm done work for the day. Oh my God, I love my work so much. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Two of my clients today, like my mentoring clients, just same themes. It's like, how do you live a life that you love? Like, how do you end up living a life that you love? And I think it's like, it's like one decision at a time, just one little decision that brings you joy at a time. Sometimes in the mornings when I drop off my kids at, you know, preschool and school and I'm on my way home, I actually cry. Like I actually shed tears because I cannot believe this is the life I get to live. Like can't believe it. And it wasn't always like that for me. So I have some clients who are definitely making like big pivots in their lives when it comes to careers and interests. I don't think that we're like meant to do one thing forever. This world is just so interesting. It's just so, you know, expansive. Like, how could we just do one thing for like ever? So even my career I have now, you know, I'm only 38. I'll be 39 in August and I hope to live for a long time. Who knows like what I'll be doing in the future. And the excitement of that and the uncertainty of that like is really energizing. I find it really energizing, especially because I've done two huge career pivots now in my life and they've always like been ascensions, right? They've always been like more expansive. So wonder if you guys have ever done any career pivots. 
my dad always thinks he's so funny. He thinks because he's like, you don't know anything. I'm like, I never pretend to. I'm like, is this just what people in their 60s say? Like, I don't pretend to know everything. I realize like I'm still young and I still have so much more to go. You know, I always just tell people like who are looking for the big miracle, looking for like the big thing is really just like picking one joyful decision at a time. Just one joyful decision at a time. It's literally like, what can I do right now? that will make me feel joy? Or what can, What do I desire in this moment? It might be as simple as a cup of hot tea or a 3 p.m. coffee when it's super shunned upon. And this is what brought me joy. There's so much I can do right now. There's so many things. I have an hour and a half before my son comes home. I could do dishes. I could prep dinner. I could fold laundry. I could put away the laundry. I could answer emails. But I'm like, what is going to bring me desire in this moment? You know what? It was checking out you guys and having a cup of coffee. That's what brings me desire. So that's how you get to make decisions in alignment that bring you joy, that give you the life that you are yearning for. One little decision at a time. You know, I feel like the final frontier in my life, and I say that at 38, so I'm sure there's going to be many more final frontiers, but I was afraid about my career. I was afraid about homeownership. I was afraid about kids. Afraid about, like, you know, coming as a medium. Afraid about sharing my voice. And, like, health is kind of, like, the thing I've been avoiding forever because... Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I wish like healthy food like interested me. Like I wish I was like interested in it. I was like, I wish I was interested in vitamins and supplements and healthy food. But it's just like, I don't know. Health for me is like a big one too. I posed this question on my personal Facebook. If you were to win the lottery, like what's the first thing like you would buy? And for me, it was a private cook. Every meal, seven days a week, three meals a day, two snacks for me and the kids and the husband. Even my parents, they live with me. That for me would be the thing that I would buy. And I love watching your food recipes and all that. And again, I wish that would inspire me. But that's been one of the big themes about today is how to live a life that excites you. A lot that came up in the sessions too was like the societal false belief of, you know, certain things that bring us safety, like certain careers and like giving money, like a lot of power, all these just kind of like societal beliefs is all or nothing. And one of my clients actually gave me a perspective I hadn't really thought of. I was like, you know, where does this all, of, all or nothing come from? Like, why does it have to be one or the other? She kind of talked about the education system. It's like, pick a major. Like, you need to pick a major. And I'm like, yeah, I guess there is a lot of society that has like this all or nothing mentality. And for a long time, I did mediumship and my corporate gig. And I was really happy doing that for many, many years. And like, there is this kind of like societal belief that we have that it is all or nothing or all these different false senses of security and safety that we're hanging on to, to not pursue our dreams, like the corporate jobs and stuff like that. Right. You know, I, I smoked for 17 years. I started smoking when I was 11 because that's just what everyone was doing in the nineties in the hood. And so I like had to force myself to smoke and I smoked for a long time. And I was actually a, like an athlete when I was a smoker and I was like competitive boxer. I would train for marathons, but I would never run marathons, avid runner, hiker, like just insane. And then when I quit smoking, I put on 60 pounds in like six months. Even though I was working out the same, I wasn't supplementing with food and that weight just never came off. And so it was actually really hard for me to keep up what I was doing. It became unfun carrying all this weight from quitting smoking to do boxing and running. Like it just, it, it just sucked. But I still love running. Running is really easy for me. Like I don't have to run for like a year and I could run 5k without losing my breath. It's usually my body that um, wants to quit before that, but it is what it is. And my doctor always said, I would prefer you to like have this weight than be a smoker. So, you know, I've had two kids since then too. So the body just keeps changing. 
you know, but I think too, I love where social media is going because, you know, there's a lot of TikTok videos. You guys know I'm obsessed with TikTok and they're showing like from the nineties, like, cause I grew up in, I was born in 82. So like the nineties, the early two thousands was really kind of like my, my influence. And of course we didn't really have social media back then, though. I do remember being in AOL chat rooms, but what people, what the media was kind of like talking about women's bodies back then, it was like, you know, Jessica Simpson being fat at a size four. And I feel like we're kind of coming around where, you know, normalizing all the bodies is coming back. And I see so much of that. And so I'm really happy for my daughter's generation kind of coming up. I hope that that continues. Like you look at accounts like the birds papaya and stuff like that. And so, you know, normalizing normal bodies. And you guys saw my post, I posted me and my tank top. And I did it without fear, but I, it was something I was really avoiding for a long time. Yeah, I don't want you to avoid mirrors. Love yourself, right? I mean, that's the journey we're all on. It's easier said than done, right? It's easier said than done. What can I say? I have no fixes for it. It's just having my daughter, I think, is like a huge motivator for me because she's seven. So she's starting to say comments like that, like talking about fat and like talking about that kind of stuff. And so like the big message I always have for her is like, it doesn't matter what you look like. It matters what you do with your life, right? Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be remembered for? So I'm trying to like instill that into her and trying to like lessen the value of like what we look like. But you know, it's hard. It's hard with women. It's kind of interesting for me to see men have like the same thing. We're beautiful just as we are. I remember being like 20 and if I wanted to lose like 10 pounds in like two months, it was totally possible, right? I'm like, it doesn't work like that when you get a little bit older. I'm like, oh, to be youthful again. I'm like, what did you do? Well, I just worked out an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I remember those days. I remember those days. I'm glad though. I will say when I look back, because I did have a great bod when I was a smoker and like bikini and stuff like that. And I'm really glad I took time to appreciate it when it was there right? There was a time where I was like really athletic, really caring for myself. I was smoking though. And I really did appreciate it. And I had it in my mind, appreciate this now. Cause I remember watching an Oprah episode and I talked about this in my post where she, she interviewed people in their forties, fifties, sixties, and all the women in their fifties and sixties said, I wish I appreciated what I had in my twenties, thirties, forties, because I look back and I know how great I look, but I didn't feel that great. And so I watched that when I was in high school. Oprah was kind of my church, right? In high school, I used to watch Oprah every day after and Montel when Sylvia was on and uh, John Edwards crossing over. Those were my big things when I was a kid. And I remember seeing that. And so I remember being in my 20s and 30s, really, and I'm in my 30s, but really kind of appreciating where I'm at now because I know that I'll regret wasting time and energy in my future with that. I feel beautiful. I'll be honest with you. I have body dysmorphia in the wrong way because I feel so beautiful all the time. I truly, truly do. I feel beautiful inside out. And then when I see pictures of myself, I have to do a little bit of a take because I'm like, I didn't think I looked like that. And I'm not too hard on myself with it, but I feel great and I feel happy and I don't feel happy all the time. I get that question a lot. Like, how do you stay like this all the time? I'm like, I'm not like this all the time. But when I am, I ride the wave. I'm like, I'm just going to ride this wave. And then when the crash comes, I'm going to deal with that crash when it comes. I keep waiting for this like magical 40 turnover because apparently like my dad's like, you kind of stop giving a shit in your forties, but when you hit 60, you really don't give a shit. And I'm like, Hmm, okay. Well, that's kind of nice knowing that we have that kind of to look forward to. My dad is very smart. He's a yogi now, but I remember even as a teenager, he was like dropping wisdom bombs on me. He looked at me and he could call me out every time. He's like, stop thinking about what you're going to say next. He's like, listen to me. He actually made me be very respectful. So I had to learn how to like listen in a very generous way. And he did that to me when I was like a teenager. 
And then he also told me as a teenager, you should, what you don't like in other people, you don't like in yourself. And that was really impactful for me too. Yeah, he's a wise man. I've been really obsessed with the Megan Waterson work right now, right? So I've been posting all these quotes from her on Mary Magdalene Revealed. And then now, of course, I'm reading Reveal, which is just there's very few things that crack me open like this, and these things just kind of crack me open. And the quote I shared today was around, you'll never find or encounter a voice wiser than the one that's inside. And I see it time and time again, and I was like this too, where I didn't want to go inside. I didn't believe that I was wise. I didn't believe that it was almost even hard to believe I was a spirit, right? Which is what we're trying to connect with when we do mediumship and when we do this channeling work, it's like we want to connect with the divine and we always forget about that inner divinity that we have. And so I've been noticing more and more through my mentorship clients, spirits trying to get me to get people to kind of like slow down and kind of tap into their heart center, tap into their souls, tap into that inner wisdom. But it's funny because, you know, we've had these human experiences. A lot of us have suffered trauma at some level, whether it was physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, we've have been led to believe we are not fully safe in our bodies, right? Some people struggle through sleep. Some people abuse their bodies by overeating or numbing out with like marijuana or alcohol. I was one of those people. So what it really calls to us to do on the on the spiritual path, on the mediumship development path, is to fall in love with ourselves all over again and kind of heal those wounds that keep us from feeling safe in our bodies where really the wisdom comes from. And I, I see people um, avoid clairsentience in their abilities, um, and I can always see that it's a sign that they're not feeling totally safe and trusting themselves and trusting their bodies. And so this is kind of like the healing, like the work that needs to get done in collaboration with your spiritual intuitive development. Because it's very controversial and it's not controversial in the sense what I'm saying is like out to lunch, but I do notice that we struggle with meditation. We struggle with loving ourselves. We struggle with the devotional practice to sit with ourselves and sit in the power. And that's like the stuff we don't want to do or mirror work or affirmation, some I ams. And so if you find yourself not wanting to do it, if you find yourself like putting it to the side and thinking that it's secondary to expanding your era to connect with spirit, there's some healing there that needs to get done. Because when you realize how good you feel sitting in your own energy, when you fully accept yourself, fully love yourself, fully see the divinity within you, you won't want to go anywhere else. And you will want to sit with your own energy, the temple of your heart, the temple of your body. So that's just something that I've been really observing lately. And the word embodiment hasn't actually made sense to me before I kind of discovered this. And I encourage you all, if you have been avoiding sitting with yourself in silence, being okay with your thoughts, being okay with your body, sitting down, not caring about the rolls, not caring if your stomach's sticking out or your butt takes up the whole seat and all these different kind of like human judgments we have at ourselves that keep us from going super deep in with ourselves. There's some healing there that needs to be done. The healing just takes time. It takes self-compassion, a will. It takes a will to get there. But look at the lifestyle you lead and what are you avoiding and how are you avoiding it? And I've said this time and time again, mediumship is a lifestyle. It's not just like I rock up and I just like connect and be gone with it. It's a lifestyle. And so 
how do you live outside of your sessions? How do you live outside of serving, right? You got to serve yourself too. So trust me, your mediumship and your spiritual work will take a whole nother level if you can kind of heal the traumas that you've experienced, you know, not feeling safe in your body, not feeling divine and kind of see yourself as the same thing you're trying to connect with, which is the world spirit because you are the world spirit and the world spirit lives within you too. So it was very synchronistic because I've seen this theme come up in my sessions a lot in the past like month. And then when I was reading the book today, I was actually listening to it because I listen to it and I read it at the same time because I take things in very differently when I'm reading it or if I'm listening to it. And so when she said that quote, I was like, oh my God, I was just talking about that to my client today. I hope you feel it. It's not sexy. It's not sexy work, but it's the work and you can do really good and they can do really great. And it's going to take some time and energy and some work to kind of realize how great you are. And I'm still healing there too, right? I'm still going through all that too. Spirit will let me suffer, 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 suffer. And then finally, they'll say, take a seat, Danielle. Sit down. You have all the answers. We're not giving you anything. It's just like a theme I've been seeing in uh, some of my sessions and kind of where Spirit's guiding me right now in my work. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spirit School. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you for tagging me on Instagram at Squamish Medium so I can also share. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you're interested in working with me in my one-on-one mentorship, a reading, or all the various programs that I run, you can go to SquamishMedium.com or check me out on Instagram at Squamish medium the link in the bio has everything i am currently working on in service to the world of spirit have a great day guys